Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, do you recall a few weeks back when we were discussing information security around period tracking apps? Yes, of course. Okay, so there's been a lot done about this. I think Vice did some stuff. A lot of different places published things that are like, yeah, stop putting your period info into your phone. Right. But I have a solution if you want to track your period, but keep that information in a place where no Republican would ever look. Write that on a piece of paper. Put that shit in a science book. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Uh, Or start a period tracking app called Science Book and have it be like three pages of science information and then they won't get past that. This week, we're joined by National Education Association President Becky Pringle, Kara Clank, and Tian Tran to tackle the following questions. What do actual teachers think about the pro-gun politician suggestion that teachers be armed? How did the media circus around the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard defamation trial get so over the top? And what garbage food is bringing us comfort during these trying times? All this and more right now. Okay, Alyssa, news. news. Is it good? Eh. It's eh? Isn't it eh? It's kind of eh. It's kind of, it's okay. It's, I mean. We got some people trying to solve some bad problems, right? We got some people, yes. Okay, so in Michigan, quickly becoming my favorite Midwestern state. Michigan and Minnesota, I think, are, are the two front runners. I'm I think sorry. you're right. Hot dish and, and Motown. I mean, like Chicago is great. Some of the rest of Illinois not not the great. I mean, that's the thing. The Midwest has a lot of great people, but like I'm talking about the way that the states are run. Right. Right. Yeah. So Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer 
ordered state agencies last week not to punish anyone getting or helping someone get an abortion or other reproductive health care. And uh, she told agencies to protect, increase, and raise awareness of abortion services and their availability. Um, so that is, that's actually pretty good. That means that, that Michigan is, is openly being like, you know, come here, get your abortion care that you need. And, uh, we're not going to punish you for it. No, we're not. And we're not going to do other states bidding either. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like the, the great thing about what big Gretchen Michigan is doing is she's giving other like-minded governors ideas. Right. So Mm -hmm. like in uh, some of these state legislators in Massachusetts are actually working on a bill that would protect against long arm laws. So you know how we've read so much of what's happening that some of these states want to criminalize anybody. Long arm laws, meaning other states saying anybody who goes to another place to get an abortion is in trouble here. Okay, is in trouble. And they're trying to to figure out how can we protect those people, if they come here, how can we protect them from those laws? And like, again, great brainstorming. I am happy to see people actively working on some creative stuff that isn't just posting an Instagram tile that says vote. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Connecticut is doing great stuff with that too. Connecticut has a really innovative law um, that that is aims to prevent other states from being able to prosecute anybody yes. for going to Connecticut. That's right. Uh, in order to to uh, obtain abortion care, and I think that that is great. And also, I think what's the opposite of a long arm law? Like a short arm law? Like a T Rex? T Rex arms law? Right. So just imagine the state of Texas as like America's T Rex. Trying to trying to swipe at you, but they can't get you thanks to people like Gretchen Whitmer and officials in Massachusetts mm-hmm. and Connecticut and a couple other places. Here's another thing. Here's a man who's doing a cool thing. A man. A man? Yeah, a okay. man. A man who's doing a cool thing. An attorney named Steve Descano of Virginia says that no matter what the law in his own state says, in Virginia, he won't prosecute anybody for having an abortion or for being suspected of inducing an abortion. So he's basically like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do shit. And here's the thing about, uh, about this. I'm going to read a little segment from the op-ed first and then get get into. Uh, almost two and a half years ago, I took my oath of office as a prosecutor and swore to protect my community from those who broke the law. The real threat I now realize may stem from those who write the law. So Virginia currently has a governor, Glenn Youngkin, who is, quote, staunchly and unabashedly against abortion and committed to, quote, going on offense against abortion rights in the legislature. And Descano has uh, received death threats. And he's still like, fuck you. Not, Not going to do, do it. it. I mean, he doesn't say fuck you, but the imp- he it's implied. What he is saying is, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And that's something that I think if I were somebody who cared about the integrity of the federal judiciary mm-hmm. would really concern me because this is a person writing in the newspaper with the biggest, you know, the biggest newspaper in the U.S., right. the New York Times, being like, I am openly just not going to, not I'm gonna not do it. going to do it. I'm not going to enforce these laws. The only thing that the Supreme Court has is people being like, okay, we're going to follow the law. That as you interpret it. But if everybody just is like, mm, no, I'm not doing that. 
I mean, then, and why not, Aaron? We had a president for four years who was like, I'm not going to do it. I don't care what the law is. I'm not going to do it. So, I mean, honestly, let's do it for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Let's just, yeah, just be like, nope, sorry, can't make me. Let it, let's, let us regress to uh, teenage anti-authoritarianism for a good cause. Let us dust off our CD cases that contain the Rage Against the Machine. I was just you know going to say Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> do you know that Zach from Rage Against the Machine attends spin classes in a gym where I also used to go. Shut up. Yeah, he does. He's And one time one of the spin instructors uh, played a rage song during class and uh, he was amused. I learned that from another instructor. Fuck, that you know gym. what? That's a tasty little morsel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Los Angeles is weird. That's the kind it's of very, celebrity very goss weird. I'm here for. Yep, he's he loves to ride a bike that doesn't go anywhere. But <laughs> but old rage albums, they will they will get you fired up. So it's true. Let's, it's true. Let's let's dust them off and and start to put on our combat boots and kick shit around. Um, we haven't really talked about a lot of international stories because we've been so focused on mm. the dumpster fire of America. But we did want to bring focus to kind of what's going on with reproductive rights around the world. Uh, the U.S. is one of a few quote unquote Western or developed countries that is actively backpedaling on reproductive rights. Um, But there are other countries where things have never been as good as they are here and they continue to not be very good. Japan, for example, I'm ashamed to admit, I did not know how bad. I did not either. I did not know how bad reproductive healthcare access was in Japan, but it is really, really bleak. Um, So Japan has approved the abortion pill, um, but requiring a partner's consent in order to use it, which is, which is a big time yikes. Um, Partner consent laws. That's, that's like crazy. I mean, this, like, what are they doing? Like, what is the point? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, look, think that if you're in a good relationship with the person who impregnated you, whether or not to have an abortion should be a discussion. But the decision is the pregnant person. Right. It's your body. That's it. Like, that's that's it. Um, this is three decades after the abortion pill was first available to women in the UK. So this is how far behind other countries um, Japan is. Uh, right now, uh, before the uh, abortion pill was legalized, Consent was already required for surgical abortions with right. very few exceptions. Um, so it's one of only 11 countries that require third-party consent for abortions. Not a it's, list I'd uh, want to be on, Japan. Not a list I would want to be on at all. And uh, it's good to see progress being made forward at all. Right, I hope, right. Um, I hope that the women of Japan are able to not have their husbands or partners sign permission slips in order for them to control what happens inside their bodies because right. it seems bad. Um, I would also say, you know, it's interesting. Hmm. You know, a lot of people that are, a lot of people who want to outlaw abortion here in the States are also very, very concerned about the birth rate um, as though uh, outlawing abortions will somehow help the birth rate. Japan has one of the lowest birth rates in the entire industrialized world. That is so and, true. And uh, draconian abortion laws have not not goosed the birth rate, birth rate. I feel like they've just made people be like, you know what? Having sex, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Be like, um, mm, do I want to have to get this guy's consent to do anything? No. 
<laughs> I mean, indeed. Um, there are some other stories around the world. We haven't really talked about South Korea. South Korea has a, an expressly anti-feminist president. If we have any listeners in South Korea, we would love to hear from you yes. on this before we get into it as a topic. Uh, there's a couple other things happening. Uh, women in Ukraine, people who can get pregnant in Ukraine are also facing like a massive crisis. So, you know, as we're dealing with our own shit here in the U.S., I think it's important to remember that there are people all over the world and, and none of us are equal until all of us are equal. I agree with that. Uh, do we have any toasts or roasts this week? Anything that you're No, I'm kind of I'm about? kind of roast and toast free. I'm 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 all roasted out, you know? Yeah. Like the I think the the MRA convention Ugh. is just is just really gross. Um, but I do want to. You know what? I have a quick toast. What's your toast? Lauren Windsor. Who's Lauren Windsor? Lauren Windsor is that woman who is always getting conservatives to say crazy shit on camera by oh, pretending yes. that she agrees yes, with yes, them. Yes. Yes. She recently was able to get into the NRA convention without going through any security and nobody really stopped her. And she was just, you know, she's just a pretty white woman. I saw this. And then didn't the Secret Service come after her? The Secret Service now wanted to have a chat with her. And I I think that she tweeted about as much. I think Lauren Windsor is, uh, she's got, look, I don't want to be an essentialist here, but she's got bigger metaphorical balls, ovaries, if you will, than almost any journalist working today. I think that she's she's like super brave, doing really important stuff. And every time she comes out with something new, I'm like, yes, Lauren. <laughs> so uh, toast to Lauren Windsor this week. I hope your chat went okay. Yes, yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> let us know uh, if you ever want to chat with us. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be nicer. We'll be nicer to you than the Secret Service. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are talking to the president of the NEA. And welcome back. Our guest today is the president of the National Education Association, which represents 3 million educators and school personnel, nearly 80% of them women. Before she led one of the nation's largest labor unions, she had 31 years of classroom experience as a middle school science teacher. Welcome, Becky Pringle. It's good to be with you, Anne. Wish you were here under different circumstances. Me too. President Pringle, the Uvalde shooting was the 27th school shooting this year and the deadliest school shooting in Texas history. Some pro-gun politicians have suggested that the solution here is to give teachers guns. What's your response to talk of arming teachers? Oh, my goodness. You know, and I I need to start by letting you know I went down to Texas, uh, to Houston, actually, uh, and rallied with activists, um, teacher and student survivors from Parkland um, and teacher survivors from Sandy Hook. And as we gathered together before the rally, we were rallying outside the NRA headquarters, uh, demanding that they and other gun lobbyists um, stop blocking attempts to get the kind of gun laws that we need in this country. Um, Can I just say that with tears in their eyes, they said no more. They said no more. And we as students, we as educators aren't going to stop until we pass the common sense gun laws that we've been crying for. 
literally and figuratively, since Columbine, honestly, right? Um, and talking about arming teachers. Now, let's just think about that. I want everyone to think about what that would look like. I teach middle school. I have a gun safely locked away somewhere, and someone with an assault weapon bursts into the school, and I have time to do what? Or it's a student in the school, and I'm going to make that split decision to shoot and perhaps kill a student. I want people to think about what they're asking educators to do when we have asked them to do everything, stand in every gap for our students, especially after COVID. And now we're saying, and by the way, let's arm you because you should be responsible for protecting students and other educators against gun violence. That's, that's not okay, Erin. It's not only not okay, we know that's not what we need. It's not what's gonna work. Gun laws, that's what we need. Stricter requirements, that's what we need. We are the only country in this world with this kind of gun violence epidemic. What's the difference? Our laws. That's what's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Becky, you bring up an interesting point about the shifting responsibility because I feel like it's it's positioned by these pro-gun politicians as like, we're going to save students, but I don't think that it's about saving anybody. It's just about washing their hands of any responsibility by being like, mm -hmm. it's the teacher's fault for not protecting their classroom from this threat of, of violence. So, you know, it shouldn't be teachers' individual responsibilities. Like, let's, let's get into what the federal and state governments need to do to structurally take the responsibility they should be taking to control guns. Like, what are some concrete actions? So, first of all, who needs an assault weapon? Who? Nobody needs that. Our, you know, our constitution wasn't designed to, to protect people's right to have assault weapons. So no, and we need to ban them. Secondly, we know, we've known for decades that we needed to have stricter background checks. We already know that. We also know that too many of our students have access to guns. And so um, Ethan's Law is one of the pieces of legislation that we are supporting, which is the safe storage of, of firearms. Um, and then, of course, we know that the red flag laws that have been proposed across the country that would allow us to to uh, have a have a database of in, of individuals that should not have guns ever. That's what we need to protect our students. And we've been talking. We call them common sense gun laws because doesn't it sound like common sense to you, Aaron? It sounds like common sense to me. And by the way, ninety percent of Americans. Agree with that. What do, what do 90% of Americans agree on? Nothing. But they agree on this. So why? what's Congress waiting for? What, why aren't they doing something? 90%. Becky, what are you hearing from your membership? Do they feel safe going back to their classrooms in the fall? What are their biggest concerns? Uh, they didn't feel safe going back the next day. Mm -hmm. And certainly as we uh, end the school year, at this moment, the thought of coming back with nothing having happened is very scary for them, and, and it should be. We heard story after story, and this is no exception. It didn't just happen here in Uvalde, but we, we hear it every time a shooting happens in our schools where teachers or other educators are, are putting themselves in harm's way to protect their kids. And 
and are shot. And so they know that. They know that that's, the, of course, that's what they do. It's what they do. And so for them to be asked to come back to school and nothing has changed um, is not, it's not okay. And so you're seeing so much activism and, and we, we, we were active the last time. But I will tell you, um, ladies, it, feel, it does feel different this time. Um, when I looked in their eyes and saw the determination, they're rising up all over this country. We are, are making sure that they are connected into all of the ac activities with our partners, Every Town and March for Our Lives, uh, Moms Against Guns, all of those, all of those, um, Moms Demand, excuse me, all of those organizations, we are working together in collaboration with each other. We're asking folks to um, text 48744 to now, text now to 48744 if you want to be plugged into to actions near you. We want everyone to take action and we want them to continue to do that. So they're, they're you know what, honestly, they're, 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 they're frightened and who wouldn't be, but they understand the power they have and they are not giving up. They are not giving in. They are going to stand up for their students and they are going to continue to lift their voices until they are heard. Mm -hmm. um, Becky, this has uh, this hits me pretty hard personally. I'm from a teacher family. My mom was a high school English teacher. She's an administrator now. My sister is a teacher. My uncle's a teacher. Wow. Um, a lot of teachers in my family. So I've always kind of had a front row seat to the struggles that they face and um, the kind of buildup of systemic issues that they face. Um, I would love to hear your perspective of other issues that teachers nationwide are struggling with in this kind of like not quite post-COVID world. Not quite post-COVID. That's a good way of putting it. I've been struggling for the right words, right? Right. There, there should be like an abbreviation or something. NPCC. Right. Yes. Or yeah. NPPC. Anyway, NQP. I can't. It's early. Work on that, Erin, because... Um, uh, <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll, I'll workshop it, and I'll bring it back, and we can meet after class. Okay. To sprinkle. Because <laughs> we're not. We're not. <laughs> we're not done yet, right? Um, it's still impacting mm -hmm. us in in ways that push us and and force us to change um, how we do school and how we gather together, and, and whether it's in our community, in our churches, in our and in, in, you know for family reunions, all of it, right? Um, and our students are at the center of all of that. It's been two years, two years. And we don't talk enough about the loss, literally the loss, particularly for our black and brown and indigenous communities where just disproportionately COVID ravaged their, their communities. And not just COVID, we know that. I mean, all of the crises it spawned, the, the economic crisis, the housing, the healthcare, all of that impacted those communities that have been marginalized forever. Um, and we had students whose caretakers, I mean, just the percentage that um, lost caretakers uh, due to COVID, the loss is real and it's palpable. On top of that, they didn't go to graduation or they didn't go to prom or they started at a, at a college across the country that they never saw and they didn't it didn't quite fit. You know, they're just things, you know, that they go through in their lives, our students, that they didn't experience over these two years. And who was standing in those gaps? Our teachers uh, and all of our educators, our bus drivers, you know, food service workers, everyone, right? And then we have all of this other crazy stuff happening, like banning books. Are you kidding me? Seriously? We're banning books? 
That's what we're that's what we're spending our energy on, talking about arming teachers in, with guns instead of arming them with books instead of banning them, um, not being allowed to teach about Ruby Bridges. Are you real? You know, it's like you can't make this up. But where does it fall? It falls to teachers who some governors, like the governor in Virginia, where I'm from, asking um, uh, people to videotape teachers and send it into a hotline. I can tell you what we did with that hotline. We flooded it with we love our teachers and we trust them as the professionals they are. Yeah, they had to shut that down. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Wait, how long did that take? <laughs> Just, I mean, within a week, we were flooding it. It was. It, I was going to say, <laughs> don't that. challenge a teacher with a phone tree <laughs> because they will <laughs> dominate that. Um, but but it doesn't change that 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 pressure. The fear, I mean, we had to, NEA had, we put up a website for them just in case they were being attacked or challenged or their job was being threatened because they were teaching the true history of this country because we're going to defend them every day, all day in doing that. I mean, the curriculum they're teaching is based on the curriculum that was adopted by their state. And so for them to be threatened with their job or, or be threatened by being yelled in their face or their kids being threatened with violence, you, you, is anyone surprised we have an educator shortage in this country? Is anyone surprised by that? It's always, it's chronic and it's been for decades. You know that, Erin, because you, you know it's living with, with educators. But these last two years with the pandemic and then educators being blamed for shutting down the schools and now, and then blamed for, you know, making history too scary for students and then being blamed for students getting shot in their classrooms. It's too much. It's too much. And it's not okay. We are there to do the jobs we love. And um, we were, we're going to do that for our students every day. Give them what they need and deserve. But let, let me tell you, they can't, we can't do this by ourselves. Our students need more from us, the adults in this system. And we're going to demand that they get it. Mm-hmm. So let's end on a silver linings note, if we can. What are some hopeful signs that you've seen, uh, apart from the just like built-in tenacity of teachers. um, What are some hopeful signs that you've seen uh, that we could pull ourselves out of this and move toward something better? Oh, built-in tenacity. That's right. Resilience and always hope. You know, um, educators can't do their jobs without having that hope, uh, that belief in the plausibility of the possible. They start every day that way. Um, and even with the tragedies that, that come into their, their schools and classrooms, um, what their students are suffering with, they will continue to do that. I've been traveling across the country on what I titled my Joy, Justice, and Excellence Tour. Mm-hmm. And I titled it that way because wherever two or more educators are gathered together and they talk about their students, there will be joy even through the tears, even through the masks, I could see them smiling, talking about being together with their students again and all of the incredible things they're doing. And so what gives me hope and uh, is that they are fighting, continuous, continuously fighting for racial and social justice because they understand that's the core 
of education justice. They are fighting and winning massive amounts of money, California, billions of dollars in uh, establishing mm -hmm. more community schools because we know it takes the whole community around the students with that. that um, and our educators are, are lifting their voices in ways they never never have before. I was in uh, North Carolina they, uh, to see a, a um, teacher cadet program. They are building, they're growing their own teachers, which is fabulous, can I say. And one of the things one of the teachers said to me was, I said, you know, in this moment where we're, so many teachers are saying they're leaving the profession, why? Why, why would you um, think that this would work and why were the students going into it? And, you know, out of defiance, they just said, oh, no, they're not going to stop me from going into the career I love. And that's what I'm going to do because my students need me to do this for them now. So they gave me they give me so much hope and so much joy. And I know they will continue this fight so that our students can be the leaders of a just society. Thank you, Pringle. Thank you so much for joining us and for your words and your insight. And hopefully next time you join us, it'll be under better circumstances with some better news. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Aaron. you. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more, more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it good for you, great ingredients, helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details.
And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the show where visiting this topic was inevitable, but we put it off for as long as we possibly could. Alyssa. What? Have you ever heard the phrase, not my circus, not my monkeys? Yeah, of course. Okay. This is what we're talking about this week is, to me, the epitome of not my circus, not my monkeys. I cannot convey enough how little... I enjoy thinking about this or talking about this. I agree. But it's become a bit of a like national obsession and I feel like we should talk about it. So we have two wonderful women here joining us to talk about this circus to which we have no monkeys involved. (laughs) Uh, Up first, she is a comedian and writer. Kara, do you have anything to promote? My podcast is going to be performing live in San Diego, San Francisco, Minneapolis, and Chicago coming up. So check out our tour dates. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Kara Clank's podcast, That's Messed Up, is going on tour. Uh, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. The live shows are really fun. And even people that don't watch SVU say that they have a really good time. Like, a lot of people get dragged by their boyfriends or girlfriends and, <laughs> you know, are having fun. So come on out. See us. It's a lot healthier a thing to do with your boyfriend or girlfriend than what is often done with boyfriends or girlfriends on SVU. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the fun way to enjoy SVU <laughs> together. Oh, that's that's so great. I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. And up next, she is a comedian who you can see in season one of How I Met Your Father. And she'll be in season two. Yeah. Tian, <laughs> yes. Tian, Tian Trent. <laughs> Wait, do you know something <laughs> I don't? Know? Well, Tian, you're you're like you're you're a big star now. You're like a legit. Well, they, that's very kind of you. I I I feel very lucky to be a part of it. I'm I'm moving to LA this oh, summer. Whoa. Hello. So sorry, Illinois. You're losing your queen. <laughs> oh, wait. Who's next in the line of succession? Um, I'd like to think it's a WNBA player, Candace Parker, who is <laughs> the new queen <laughs> the new queen, <laughs> new queen of Illinois. We'll we'll have her on the show someday. And oh God, we'll be like Queen of Illinois, and she's gonna be like, "What?" And then we'll what take. Are you talking? She'll be like, "Says who?" We'll be like, "Tian." <laughs> Tian Tran gave you the crown because she had to abdicate because she moved to the West Coast. Exactly. That is <laughs> as simple as I can put it, Candice. I don't know. Also, Tian, like everybody's working remotely these days. I don't understand why you can't just stay the Queen <laughs> of Illinois remotely. Oh, you know, you're you know I what? Like you I'll just zoom clock to my in over Zoom. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank I mean, you, Kara. I mean, I would. I think most people in the UK would rather see your face on their money than uh, Prince Charles win. Okay, I'll agree. Start that campaign. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into this topic, uh, which we all agree is a circus. We're talking about uh, the defamation trial, um, the, the counter lawsuit happening between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. So. Basically, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were married. This is where I had to start the story because it's so it's so convoluted. They were married between 2015 and 2016. Just full disclosure, Amber Heard has been on this show before. We did not talk about any of the the stuff that the the trial centers on, but you know, she was a guest on the show, I think, back in in 2018, I want to say. So the defamation lawsuit alleges. Uh, that Amber Heard defamed Johnny Depp. 
when she wrote an op-ed in 2018 in the Washington Post that discussed her experience of domestic and sexual violence throughout her life. The op-ed did not name Depp, but the op-ed sort of implied that the person who had subjected her to violence was a famous person and Johnny Depp was her most famous partner. So Johnny Depp sued her for $50 million, claiming that she damaged his career and income by publicly discussing the allegations. And Heard has countersued for $100 million. And right now, the trial, and the trial's been televised. And it is a fucking mess. And Kara, I think as our resident true crime expert, (laughs) I would love to hear your take on what is going on. We're about to hear a verdict. The ju- as we're recording, the jury is 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 hearing this. What do you make of all of this? Listen, I have been avoiding this true whenever um uh human feces is involved, I dip out of the true crime. So, that's <laughs> what's been going on. I have not been I've been keeping up like sporadically. I've not been really like, you know, dedicated to every single day of testimony. I've watched a couple of weird videos. I think they both seem so strange. I don't understand Depp's point of view because he is suing her for defamation and a thousand times more has come out in this trial than than came out in a half a sentence in an Mm op-ed. You know what I mean? So he was like, you defamed me. You stopped me from getting work. And now we've seen countless people, former agents, former lovers, all kinds of people say all this horrible shit about him. It's like, dude, now you're not going to get any work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what the op-ed. I don't even know if I heard about the op-ed when it came out. I had obviously heard about their tumultuous marriage, but her her op-ed I had not heard about. And... I I feel like he's shot himself in the foot almost doing this, but I I guess if he's victorious in court, maybe he'll say it's all worth it. It it seems, I've tried to engage some friends in conversations about it and like people are so crazy about this topic. Like I was like, well, it seems like both of them are kind of, you know, a little bit celebrity uh, off their rockers and there's probably been some mutual abuse going on. And one friend was like, no, she's crazy. It's absolutely her a thousand percent. I'm like, you can't in any world imagine that Johnny Depp has had any guilt in this. And it's like, like, I I couldn't even have a conversation. It it got too heated. Like I was like, okay, I I guess the internet just seems to be fully geared towards her guilt. And I know we're going to talk about it more. So my take is I don't really understand why we're even here. Like, I don't understand. He seems to have done himself so much more wrong by go- taking this to trial and turning it into the trial of the century. But I also think the trial of the century, I'm exaggerating. And that's what I'm saying is I think right now everything is so on fire in the world that I think people think that this is like a touchstone of something we can all like, quote unquote, like laugh about together or like ogle at mm-hmm. together collectively as a culture. And that's um, kind of sad. Yeah. Tian, you're nodding. What do you have to add? I've of of the same boat as all of us. I think I really tried to avoid it or like haven't really read read that much about it until trying to prepare for this today because of what I've seen it's so wildly misogynistic that I was like this just feels bad from every angle that the pile on onto Amber Heard has been so like large in scale and like completely devoid of any nuance and like so sexist and and gross and like I'm seeing people who I like respect and admire and comedians that I like 
like taking an easy road and punching down and joining in on the TikToks. And it's like it's very scary and bizarre and worrying to see like almost like a global pop culture response to piling on this woman. Like that is very just like I don't like that. I've had to think about Lance Bass <laughs> joining in on the conversation and mm. having any opinion and making a TikTok about it. I'm like, why? Why is this happening? It's very it's very disturbing that people think this is like a really quick, easy way to get in on a conversation that at its core is deeply like upsetting. It's about domestic abuse. Like it's 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 not a laughing matter and it's turned into one. And it's that is what truly terrifies me about mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. Alyssa, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on like the way I mean. I think we've, we're all kind of implying that it's like almost a Rorschach test. Like yeah. it's become this big, messy um, way for people to project a lot of their concerns onto this very public relationship dispute. It's not a criminal trial. Like nobody is going right. to jail. So, so what do you what do you make of that? I mean, I just first of all, why is this shit even televised? I mean, I don't know. What is the like what is the point? I just this is nothing that any of us truly needs to have an opinion on is kind of my impression. Like these two and honestly, Kara, true story, had not thought about it the way you put it. He did this, you're right. I don't even remember the op-ed that she wrote. Yeah. But I know now all his li- right. I was going to say dirty laundry was that a good or bad joke I don't know but um, <laughs> but I like I don't care and I think people who have passionate opinions about this are just like all the things on this planet to feel passionately about right mm-hmm. now right come the fuck on like right. this is mm-hmm. and people wasting their time I mean also if you have ever read an article and been like you know what looking back in time what happened to Monica Lewinsky is a tragedy well, literally, shut the fuck up. I mean, if you are participating in this nonsense, mm-hmm. don't try to ever pretend like you were on the right side of history on what happened to Monica, what happened to Brittany, what's happened to any woman who was ever targeted and bullied and slandered in the press. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Lorena Bobbitt. I think Lorena, Lorena Bobbitt, Bobbitt is a good example. Yes, she is a great oh, yeah. example. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, I just, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. This is a civil trial. I don't understand why there are TikToks. People are making merch, you guys. I was, my brain exploded when I came to understand that Etsy stores are blowing up with like hashtag justice for Johnny merch. It is repellent. It's bananas. And like, I didn't even know that Johnny Depp had fans. Hasn't he aged out? <laughs> yeah. Like, I know he's one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. You know, like, I've, I've, see, I'm a fan of some of his work, you know, but he has, this seems like it's like Harry Styles level fandom, yes. yeah. but maybe it's like, maybe it's more tied into money and attention and growing your follower count. Like, you know, we were reading that like, YouTube people are like pivoting away yeah. from their their regular shit and talking about this. It's like people are just, it seems like it's like a cash grab for people mm-hmm. yeah. in a way. I right. don't know. Well, and that gets to a really important point, Kara. There, um, there's the tech piece of this. Yeah. Um, be- because uh. when this whole thing even started going down, because this isn't the first time that these two have had a public legal dispute. And I remember noticing when the first legal dispute was happening over in, uh, I believe it was the UK. Um, and I, when I 
I think, or maybe it was a civil dispute. Um, whatever. We can edit this. Uh, the first legal public battle between the two of them in the UK, there was a ton of online reaction that felt overblown to both of their current levels of stardom. Um, and it felt almost like it was being magnified by like bot armies. It had like yeah. early Gamergate vibes to me. Um, oh, and God. there's a piece in Vox that uh, that we'll, we'll link in our show notes that, that ran on May 20th. And, uh, and people have looked into this and actually there have been armies of bots spreading rhetoric in favor of Johnny Depp. And there's also some bots that have been spreading rhetoric that are favorable to heard, but those that have been shared the most have been pro-dep bots, which is very strange. And it's a really, if if that's what's happening, um, and it's somebody from, you know, Johnny Depp's camp utilizing like bot armies and and like troll farms to make them seem like they're the more sympathetic character before people really know the entire facts of what we're talking about here, that's pretty disturbing if we're entering mm-hmm. a world where where that can happen. I also want to touch here on Alice Marwick's theory of uh, morally motivated networked harassment. And this is from the Vox piece. Her theory holds that a group of social media users can justify any amount of abuse directed at a target if they feel their cause is morally right. So at scale, what it is, is like millions of people around the world who maybe think, you know, their cause is morally right, partly, you know, pushed maybe in one direction or another by a bot army. And now we're sort of in this weird, crazy circus. And we have Lance Bass making TikToks about it. You know, we have (laughs) influencers being like, oh, look at all this SEO. I got to get aboard the train. And it's like a sort of artificially blown up um, thing like that, that now we're all swept away in. And like, I just would love to hear what, what you all make of a possible future where, you know, people who are motivated to not, not, I don't want to say defame, but people who really want to get people on their side in a dispute that has a lot of messy gray area in it. Like, what do you make of living in a future where this could just happen over and over again. I mean, it's terrifying. It's horrible. It's, terrifying. it's like, think about it too, especially because now our threshold, not our, I'd like to say my threshold's quite high, but for so many people, the threshold for what is true or provable is so fucking low that it doesn't mm-hmm. even take yeah. that much to get, like, what are these specific, if we're talking about this case, like, what are they rallying around? It's a civil case, right? It's not like we have the highest level, like the highest proof of burden here um, in a in a in a criminal case. And so the fact that this has happened, we should all be terrified because people can rally around anything. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen it with the QAnon nuts. I mean, you guys, hundreds of people went to Texas because they believed that John F. Kennedy Jr. was still alive and they were waiting for him to show up. The threshold is so low for what will motivate people to rally around a cause yeah. that, I mean, it's like, what what shouldn't you be afraid of, I guess, at this point? Hmm. I know it's so scary to think that, like, parts of this trial, too, have been, like, clipped in a way. Like, people are only taking, like, one sentence yes. and then turning it into a tweet or some sort of meme and then it gets absolutely blown out of proportion and we have all lost I feel like as a group of 
humans. We've lost critical thinking. We've lost like the ability yeah. to like look into nuance or even like gently fact check something. I'm 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 like I'm guilty of it too sometimes when I see a hot tweet that gets a lot of likes. I'm like that must be true. And like it's yeah. so easy to have someone else like a like a Twitter thread think your thoughts for you. Yeah. Like we're all just we're all sheeple. What am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, that's so interesting that you say that because, like, my podcast we just covered um, the Terry Schiavo mm. case, and like that was like a very big like cultural like moment of conversation about right to die and stuff like that. And you know, there was this six hour tape of her that her family clipped six minutes out of. And that's what they oh. were circulating, completely out of Ugh. context. And that's what turned a lot of the tide of, of opinion. Oh, look, she's alive. She's moving her eyes. Oh. She's doing this. It's like, no, in six hours, she barely moves at mm -hmm. all. They're just clipping out six minutes. And so, yeah, context, background, like a nuance, it's all gone on the internet. Yeah, but who has the time, Kara? <laughs> who has the time? I'm a busy mom. I don't know what to Tara, tell you. Kara, would it impress you at all for me to tell you that Dean Kane played the husband in the SVU case based on that? Oh my gosh. It I impresses me. I'm sure it would impress you to know that we did a hard pass on having yes. him as a guest on the good. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, what's the opposite of Superman? Very, he's yeah. a very un-Superman. Um, so here's, I mean, I don't think that any of us are pretending to know the extent of what actually happened between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And I think that we're all, I mean, it seems as though it was a mutually abusive and toxic relationship. And I don't want to minimize the fact that men in relationships can and are victims of abuse from female partners. And a lot of times they're not believed because of sexist assumptions about who is the aggressor and who is the victim, in, which is linked to the patriarchy, by the way. Eliminate the patriarchy and we like start believing it when men are victims. And it and it and this stops bringing up deeply held anger from people who are like, men aren't believed because, you know, they're right. But what is at the center of the trial is not, is Johnny Depp also a victim? At the center of the trial is a yes, no question. And the yes, no question is, did Amber Heard have the right to call herself a victim of domestic violence in a single sentence? from a single op-ed piece that was written in 2018. And the way that this is going almost seems like Depp did not, it's like, you know, when you fight like the boss in a, in a video game <laughs> and like you have like X number of life and every time the boss hits, like, you know, the boss has like more life than you. So you have to like, anyway, this is like a, this is an imbalance where like Depp has more power than Heard, and he yeah. can take more damage than Heard. And it seems as though maybe the strategy behind making this such a huge public thing is because Depp believes and Depp's team believes that he's capable of withstanding the damage that this trial could inflict. Yeah. And Amber Heard is not. It feels like he wants to destroy her mm -hmm. yeah and and it's like that is man yeah. yeah it's it's very fucked up the whole strategy feels very scorched earth yeah yeah yes and he has so many examples of powerful men weathering the storm of something yeah. like this totally so his team and his strategy is is definitely rooted in 
the fact that it works for so many powerful men. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about that, Tian. Like, who are some powerful men that have had their lives ruined by Me Too that are still around and still kicking? I mean, so I don't know. Our former president. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, I mean, like we have like, you know, Louis C.K. just recently won. Didn't he just win a Grammy? For yeah, his, he just won a Grammy. Won a Grammy. Like cancel culture's like, not, not real. real. <laughs> like, <sighs> nobody gets fucking canceled. I mean, to me, the other like really disturbing part of this is like, and I think part of the circus is parading all of his yeah. exes onto Ugh, the stand, yeah. and people love that. Oh my god, the the image of chic Kate Moss at her Zoom, weighing in on her relationship with Do- Johnny Depp or Ellen Barkin or all these women, and it's like. Jezebel had an article that was like, just because he maybe had a couple of nice yeah. relationships does not mean he is immune to being an abuser. And I think that's like a horrible message that we're sending out here that like, oh, you know, none of his other girlfriends said anything. So if a guy has like all good girlfriends that are backing him up, the woman that is accusing him is a full on lying bitch, you know? Yes. Right. Well, it's like, look at Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein can have a totally great relationship with Meryl Streep. And it can also still be true that he abused scores of other women. Yes, mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. I Another thing that's like kind of very, I, I don't think we know all of what's going on here. And, and again, mm-hmm. I'm like the one wearing the tinfoil hat, but you know, the Daily Wire, which is uh, Ben Shapiro's outlet. And this is, I'm sorry, first and only time I'm going to say that that little dude's name on this show. The Daily Wire has spent between 35000 and 47000 on Facebook and Instagram ads promoting articles about the trial that are all anti-herd. What does a prominent conservative have to gain from all of this like why is this is this about like triggering the libs for them no is this is this what do you think it's, it's about? the same strategy as the etsy sellers and the youtubers and the tiktokers is that that's is, he just wants people to click on his website cloud yeah. whoring he's cloud whoring oh yeah. i didn't that's a that's a phrase i've never heard <laughs> that i like but is scared by <laughs> <laughs> there's cloud chasing and then there's cloud whoring and that's when you take it up a notch i actually think i just made um, that up yeah. oh <laughs> Sounded right. I it mean, sounded absolutely right. It's cloud whoring. Let's get a T-shirt on Etsy. Cloud whoring <laughs> or cloud whore. I'm a cloud whore. Um, but that's the thing that's like so. I mean, it's it's the same thing with like reproductive rights. Like, aren't Republicans all about get the government out of my life and now? But then they need to control our bodies. And it's the same thing with this, where it's like she called herself. A, a victim in an article. Does she not have the free speech to call herself whatever she wants? Like, I don't. Like, it doesn't. It's like the cognitive dissonance. I don't understand Mm -hmm. where they're coming from. I mean, I I think it's just like another arm of the patriarchy that they can, I don't like saying that, but like it is, it's like if they can, I see his interest in trying to, you know, flood Facebook with all these articles. Cause in some way, if the me too movement does have the power that it did, and I hope that it continues to have, then, you know, their power of being shitty men all the time and staying in power slowly gets to like eroded. Mm -hmm. It hasn't gotten eroded that much, but I feel like that is of interest to them. Yeah. I mean, there's something about this that seems like long game wise. Um, This is a case with a lot of gray area and none of us pretend to know what's going on. Uh, And as such, these, I think a right wing person who was interested in dismantling believing any victims whatsoever, any Mm -hmm. survivors whatsoever, would point out 
gray areas in this or maybe um, in ways that are kind of misleading present moments in this case and say, like, you see, these women are all, all these women are lying all mm-hmm. the time because mm-hmm. this complicated case has these moments that we're able to lift up or these these this complicated case has these like established instances where a woman was an aggressor, you know, that that people have have backed up in the trial. And like so therefore bitches are insane. Hmm. Like I, I feel like that's yeah. maybe at the at the root of it. Yeah. That was like the conversation I was having with my friend where I was just like I I think that there's probably on both sides. And by the way, I did not mean to say that they were off their rocker in in a way of disparaging mental health earlier. I meant more like celebrity mm-hmm. out of touch, having having cases of wine once a day delivered to your house, Johnny Depp style stuff. That's all. But like there, her thing was there's tape of her. There's tape of her saying that she abused him or something like that. And I'm like, okay. And so there, that's not right. But I'm sure, like, I just don't understand how we have to look. It's we can't, how are we just still looking at everything black and white in these mm-hmm. in these kinds of moments? Right. Well, it's because they say that they're like, there's a video, there's an audio tape of her saying she abused him, yet they're happy to overlook yes. all the pictures mm-hmm. of her with bruises. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, yeah. you know. Like the makeup palette, they're like, she said that she covered up her, bru- like she covered up her bruises with this makeup palette and that makeup palette didn't exist at the time. And it's like, what are we doing? Yeah, like, what, what are we, are we doing? Literally- <laughs> yeah. The world is on fire. What are we doing? We're very in the weeds. We are very, very (laughs) in the weeds here. With the makeup. But again, it's like, I truly think it's like, there's nothing else to talk about that's as a comedian too. Like I granted, I can't even like think of stand up right now outside of how annoying my kids are sometimes. <laughs> but like, you know, like when you're scanning, okay, what's okay to talk about? That's not going to bum people out. Like this kind of pings as like a, oh, I guess everyone's kind of talking. I mean, I don't have any material mm-hmm. about this. I'm, I'm just saying mm-hmm. like when you're scanning the news and you're like, well, I'm not going to talk about how gun violence and reproductive rights and Ukraine and everything is horrible, COVID. But um, yeah, there's these two celebrities that are like going nuts at each other in court. You know, like, I guess I could tackle that and someone maybe shit a bed. Like, I could tackle that. And I think that's unfortunate because it could very well ruin this woman's mm-hmm. life. And, you know, yeah, she she's, could very well be a victim. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think likely I is. Mean, it's also well established that, you know, for let's like focus on what the trial is about. It's not like is Amber Heard kind of as she had some real bad moments. Um, no, it is. Did what she say, like af- affect Johnny Depp so much that he has been like denied work opportunities. I feel like Johnny Depp has done plenty to no, make himself <laughs> difficult yeah. to work with. He's like famously late every time yeah. that for every shoot that is he punched someone on set. He punched someone on set. He would show up drunk. He's got like all of like there is no way to prove that the op-ed in the Washington Post, first of all, people in Hollywood don't read. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Second of all, like he can't, there's no way to prove that, that what she wrote caused him to miss out on work, you Mm -hmm. know? So do you think that the judge is like allowing this case to sort of like, they're not keeping it within the scope of what it's about. Like they're letting this like run wild. It's like a jury trial too. So like jury trials in civil cases are notoriously just free for all. Just 
And they're not there. This jury's not sequestered, no. right? Like they're probably on Twitter reading all of this oh, garbage, no. and they're they're not supposed being to be exposed to bots. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. If I were, look, if I were on that jury, I don't. Oh man, if I were on that jury, what that that would be hell. That'd be terrible. That's my example of hell. Also, the judge the judge approved for it to be televised. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, how is some of this stuff seems like it's out of the scope of was she defaming him in this moment in this op-ed? Yeah, it's it's this narrow question about defamation that has become this massive question about like bot armies, social media manipulation, yeah. fandom, pylons, mm-hmm. domestic violence. Um, who gets believed, who doesn't get believed. Like, and those are questions that are important, but this isn't the way to approach those questions. Because I think you could argue that if he threw one wine bottle at her ever in their relationship, ever, or screamed at her, like, and, and you know, in a way that made her feel scared one time, like, she could say, plausibly, I'm the victim of domestic right. violence, right? right. I mean, technically, like, so... I I don't know the parading of the witnesses and all of the all of the stories and all the background. It's like I would I wouldn't want this jury to think, and I hope that they're like fully explaining to them. It's not your job really to decide like what abuse went yeah, on yeah. or who's guilty or innocent. It's your job to decide whether it defamed him for her to say this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and uh, that uh, I I really think that at the end of this trial, when the verdict is reached and returned and announced. There are going to be a lot of people that are like surprised that nobody's going to jail. Nobody's going to jail. Like nobody. At worst, a rich person may have to pay another rich person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. That's what like people were saying when I was trying to like, you know, the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap. It was like a rich guy slapped another rich guy who he knows personally. Like, I don't know. My friend River was like, this really isn't our business. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know it was like kind of fun to gossip about a little bit and it obviously happens on television, but it was kind of like, right. Why do I care about this? This is not really my yeah. business. Yeah. But on the other hand, is this, you know, like, like we've all been saying, this is a little bit of a firewall between us and every single fresh hell that awaits for us or that waits for right. us in, in the summer of 2022. So I, I feel like, and this is going to, I don't want to end on a low note, but I'm going to do it anyway. Cause it's my show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we will, in a few weeks, be looking back at this with nostalgia. Remember yeah. when we could distract ourselves by thinking about poop on a bed and whether or not a dog or a person yeah. did it? Remember those sweet, simple salad hmm. days? Um <laughs> Like, I remember the days when I would just have a day job and I would just scroll Perez Hilton and just mm-hmm. read about stupid celebrity shit and be like, this is the news. Yes. <laughs> like, And now it's like, <laughs> obviously, I'm older and the stakes are higher, but I'm like, wow, I don't have time to care about any of this I shit. I yearn. <laughs> I yearn to care about stupid bullshit. I yearn for, for, a, for just a news... Yeah. Front page that is just chock full of a variety of stupid bullshit. I just this is not the this is not the stupid bullshit. I, I, I miss the days of taking a BuzzFeed quiz and seeing which character from Sex in the City <laughs> oh, I <man>. am. <laughs> which which cheese are Ooh. you? You know. <laughs> you know what, Kara? I feel like you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> 
What is that? Yeah, what does that mean? It's like you go really well on like sandwiches and you're not necessarily somebody that is going to like offend anybody, but I'm not I'm not a stinky cheese, that's but you are (laughs) delicious in many different contexts and sometimes surprising ones. Oh my god, cheese me, cheese me. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it off mic. Uh, We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk Sanity Corner again this week. Guys, it's been a rough year. It's going to get rougher, and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst. But we have a better idea for you, which is pick out something from the Crooked store. The store is stocked with tons of new merch. It's perfect for the spring. And classics like the Friend of the Pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship, depending on how things go. Pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead, a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year, or a hat celebrating your favorite pod. Go to crooked.com slash store to shop. And welcome back. We're almost to the end of the show where we normally talk about things that we're feeling petty about this week. But this week, like recent weeks, has been a hard one. So we're going to focus on things that are making us happy, making us feel good, kind of giving us a little bit of levity in, in dark times. But before we get to Sanity Corner, a little bit of housekeeping. Happy Pride Month. This year, Crooked Media's Pride Fund is supporting three incredible organizations that provide community building, gender-affirming, and life-saving resources to the queer and transgender community. Visit crooked.com slash pride fund to donate and learn more. Okay, house has been kept. Let's do Sanity Corner. I'll do mine first because it's like kind of specific, but I bet other people could find something to substitute online. Uh, My daughter is uh, starting to try solids and we're doing something called baby-led weaning, which is like a parenting fad. It's where you let the baby kind of You have to read the baby's cues. Babies are terrible at cues, but you're supposed (laughs) to read their cues and let them feed themselves um, and, you know, whatever. That didn't fully work for us. So we are on purees, but she's feeding herself purees. And watching her taste things for the first time is so funny. Like it's a, it's like that, that kombucha, that kombucha video of the woman being like, um, she had she had zucchini the other day and she was like hate hate like like, okay Uh, peaches big big fan of peaches Um, she loves to put everything on her face and hair because she's the one wielding the spoon Um, the dog is like just loves this the dog has just been eating so many baby purees and uh, it's it's a lot of fun watching babies try foods. I, I got to recommend that as a sanity corner. Um, Alyssa, what's keeping you sane this week? Oh, my sanity corner is somewhat predictable, but still kind of funny. Um, you guys, we all know I love to make jam. I've decided this summer I'm taking it to the county fair. 
And oh, the reason yes. that I think this is so funny is because I had no idea how fucking hardcore it is. The regulations, you should read the entry form. The entry form is like, there are so many categories. It's like, don't you dare think about thinking of strawberry as a berry. Strawberry is its own category. And so I am so, I was like, wait a minute, I need a plan of attack. And so I've got like a whole spreadsheet. It's like, I'm like trying to figure out what flavors am I going to bring? How many can I enter? Is this for competition? It's for competition. You guys, I want the fucking blue ribbon. I want a blue ribbon. It will make <laughs> like all worthwhile. You're like, bring it, but County Fair. You think I can't out the best organize is, you? That's I will exactly be there. the best is. I was like telling my parents, I was like, you guys, I think I'm going to take it to the County Fair. And my mom's like, good for you. And I was like, but Ma, my mom hasn't gone to the County Fair in like 20 years. I was like, Ma, will you go for the judging? Alyssa, I went 15 summers in a row when your sister was growing up to the Fryhofer talent tent for her, for her, because she competed at the, at, she competed in dance at the county oh fair. So anyway, at the ripe age of 46, mom shall accompany me to the county fair when it is my turn. <laughs> so we will see, but I'm testing recipes. You got your moment. Oh I am. I'm You're so getting excited your county for fair you. It's my mommy and me moment at the county fair. Oh. What do you think is your specialty berry jam? So that's the thing, you guys. I'm like, I feel like the kinds of jams that people normally enter are quite like, you know, like heavy in sugar, like not kind of like the jam that I make. But yes, any, drag the competition. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, <laughs> what's going to be pleasing? So I'm, I've seen, Kara, this is why it's my sanity corner, because I'm like, okay, I got to divide and conquer. Am I going to do a marmalade? <sighs> Am I going to do a strawberry? Am I going to do a mixed berry? So I'm going to bring a couple that I know are like tried and true. <laughs> and then a couple that are a little fringe. So I think I'm going to order. Okay, I think I'm going to wow. enter six. So we'll have to see. <gasps> wow. wow. I know you guys. I'd vote for you. I'd vote for your jam. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I promise to keep you posted on my entry. No, I really want to know. Yeah. Yeah. So when is the county fair? It's the end of August. And the best part is I've blocked off the day already. You 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 submit everything on August 20th. So I've I've entered everything. I've done all that. But I went to go actually enter online. And they were like, yeah, it's registration's not even open yet, you fool. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll be checking back daily. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's June 1st Let's yeah, go. Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I feel but anyway so that is uh, as you can tell by telling the story I think it is hilarious and I really do hope I'm gonna I'm putting everything in it to win I have to win have you ever done a boysenberry no boysenberries are hard to come by up here because that is the my jam oh. is all made from local shit so I have not seen it <gasps> oh, but the course. closest would of be a course. black raspberry which is something I will probably enter yum are you gonna pick an outfit because right now you're telling us this story in a strawberry sweater <laughs> no, I and I feel like oh my god I was gonna <laughs> say I love that you know I'm gonna sweater. have an outfit okay, okay I'm gonna have I'm the whole thing it's gonna be on I need a <laughs> lot of photo documentation I prob- of this, oh you please. know this will be an IG story to remember <laughs> okay thank you incredible thank you. incredible um, I'm getting I'm getting like painful flashbacks of when I was in 4-H growing up. Yes. And like the horrible week right before the Polk County Fair where we had to do all the projects that we hadn't been doing for the rest of the summer. Totally. And there was there was always one day that, and some of them you can't do like way in advance but there was always one day where it's like okay we're baking everything that we entered in the fair now and I would have to <laughs> bake like cookies, biscuits and like some third thing and it was just like I would be like Ten, like just overwhelmed in the, the kitchen. <laughs> no, that is an end. You should the the judging area is on the same midway as the 4-H booth. Oh my gosh! Well, then also in 4-H they they interview you 
while you're like presenting your stuff. That's so it's amazing. not like it was a very stressful week for me. And oh um God. yeah, I I wish you well. Thank Alyssa. you so I'm much. Just, Thank you so much. <laughs> you're gonna crush it. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to learn uh the epilogue of this story. Kara <laughs> What is keeping... I was just Googling 4-H, sorry. <laughs> Head, heart, hands, and health. It's like a farm yeah. farm kid club. And uh, most oh. people take, like, livestock to the fair. We yep. took chickens. Uh, we took sheep. We, um, yeah, it's it's a real thing. I didn't know you were so down with the farm life, but I know you're a Wisconsin Yeah, I, I, it's been many moons since I've uh, raised <laughs> any animals that were, like, outdoor animals that, like... <laughs> you know, lived in a coop or whatever. But yes, that was that was part of my life. I was the Polk County Fair poultry showmanship champion for a couple of years. Whoa. Yeah. That is a hot title. How is that not in your hysteria box? It should yeah. be. Like, that needs to be. <laughs> I, I just would, they would, hey, you'd hold a chicken and they would just ask you facts about the chicken and you'd give them some chicken facts. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other thing for a whole other day. Uh, Kara, what is keeping you sane this week? Well, I was just telling everybody off mic that I've been dealing with a lot of toddler meltdowns lately. So, um, and also feeding challenges with my children, which is funny that you said that's your sanity corner because that's my insanity corner is feeding my children. But um, <laughs> but uh, I would say this is just super basic uh, because I did used to write for RuPaul's Drag Race, but I am really, really loving RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, uh, the all-winner season that's happening right now. It's All-Stars 7. And it's just like, it's just like eight really exceptional queens who I love and they, nobody goes home. It's not elimination. So it's just like very positive Ooh. and like there's not oh. a lot of drama and backstabbing. And I just feel like I need that right now. Even though I love the seasons where there's some drama, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's reality TV. But I just really like that this is just, nobody's a dud. Like no one's a filler. Everyone's interesting and cool and funny as hell. And I like, I'm just loving watching it. So I watched, I just got caught up last night Ugh. and I was like, this really brings me some joy at the end of a toddler meltdown filled day. Where can you watch it? It's on Paramount Plus. And I think later they will release it on VH1. But I think their play is to get people to watch Drag Race is to get by Paramount Plus, And that's why they have all stars on Paramount Plus. Mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think we have that. I'll have to check it out. Uh, Tian, what's your sanity corner this week? Okay, so my sanity corner is very specific, and I, I want to see if anyone else is a fan of this, but um, something that has been bringing me joy is the Tyson's Anytizers Buffalo Chicken Wings. <laughs> and and um, I have eaten them for lunch three days in a row. Please do not judge me. And don't, here's a little tip. Don't follow the cooking instructions. Um, I like, they say to put it in at 400 for 20 minutes. I like to do 20 minutes on both sides to get a really Ooh. crispy buffalo wing. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know that if you're wondering at the grocery store, like, who's buying any tizers? It's me. I'm buying all of the any tizers. <laughs> That's chicken. like me and Ovaltine. I'm buying all the Ovaltine. <laughs> I'm all, I'm. <laughs> Have you had any tizers? I have. Wait, the 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 boneless. Hell no. Hell no. I'm no. going I'm going full full bone. Full bone. Whoa. Full bone chicken wings. Damn. <laughs> okay. I'm getting the family size bag. They're absolutely delicious. I really I had it. I was feeling low this week just because of the news and I had it 
literally th- like I had it for lunch three days in a row. Do you have a dipping sauce? I like to dip it. These are thank you for asking. <laughs> You're um, the, <laughs> I always dip it in a one steak sauce. Wow. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's just a sodium injection, and it brings me so much happiness. Um, you put a one steak sauce on literally everything. I've I know. Never, I do. I've never met anyone who likes a one steak sauce as much as you do. It's so good. It is good. It's so good. It is good. I'm it's not so sure I put good. it on wings, but I do have several bottles in the house. Put them on the Tyson's any tizers. All right. Um, oh my god! What? They're so good. Would love to know who else is out there eating the any tizers. You're out here eating Panda Express. Yeah, you're out yeah. here slathering everything in A1. You are recommending any tizers. You are a public health hazard. I know. I know. I like. I, know. I text you every time I order Panda Express. I know. I know that you'll support my choice right now. I had had panda on last, like, I think this Sunday, past (laughs) Sunday. You call it panda. I call it panda. The pros call it panda. You're like those, like, Wheel of Fortune super fans. (laughs) You call it wheel. Wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of wheel, they just did a Vanna White challenge on Drag Race All-Stars all winter season, and it was amazing, and Vanna White was there. What? Oh, so cool. That is so cool. Ugh. That's incredible. Have they ever done a Celine Dion challenge? Oh, oh wow. God. No, oh you God, know, they good. should do a rusical of Celine Dion music. I wonder, I, I, they just haven't yet, but they probably will. Hmm. Wow. Because I, I can imagine Celine Dion just absolutely loving that. I, I can't believe like, they just, haven't had her as a guest yet. She's such a wackadoodle. Yeah, I would that's... love her at the judging table, you know, just telling people yeah. like, what's what? Ray of sunshine. <laughs> <type things>. Yeah. She, <laughs> well, she's also into fashion. Oh. So, I mean, wild fashion, but like, you know, I think it would yes. be funny. I mean, I could see her like being at judge's table and like coming out from the table, like the first judge to ever yeah, leave yeah, the yeah. table and do the walkway <laughs> herself. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we brought it full circle. Um, Kara and Tian, thank you so much for stopping thank by you. this week. Alyssa, thank you for being my ride or die. Thank you to Becky Pringle for talking with us. And thanks to all of you listeners. If you want to get in touch, hysteria at crooked.com. Send us something nice or constructive. Uh, Mean, stupid things get forwarded around and ridiculed, just so (laughs) you know. Um, (laughs) If you want to leave us a review, it helps people find the show. Tell your friends if you think you have friends who would like the show. And uh, there'll be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a crooked media production. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers, and our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Nia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. <laughs> 